0: Hey, it's Sarah. Remember to tune into the last dance, a behind the scenes look at the Chicago Bulls dynasty of the nineties. The series continues this Sunday at nine PM Eastern on ESPN. Listen to the wrap up podcast hosted by Jalen and Jacoby immediately following the broadcast, which is presented by State Farm and brought to you by AT&T. You can find Jalen and Jacoby wherever you get your podcasts. That's what she said.
1: That's what she said.
0: That's what she said. That's what she said. Well, that's what she said. So that's what she said. Conversations with interesting people from the world of sports, music, comedy, and more talking about their lives, careers, successes, and failures.
1: My name is Tyler Cameron, and I have the dilemma of living in a house with a bunch of dudes, like five, six of us. No one cleans anything.
0: Okay, well, during our interview, there's all these yelps and grunts and screams from the live Instagram workout going on in the next room, so I think it's quite obvious that you're living in the equivalent of a frat house. Um, I actually lived in a actual frat house once. Uh, the college summer that I lived in LA, I was doing an internship at Jim Henson Company that didn't pay, so I lived in a frat on Fraternity Row at UCLA. It was like $300 a month, so it, it worked out. Um, For the money, at least. Because the second day, I went into the kitchen to try to make some pasta, and the entire kitchen was covered in ants. Like, thousands of ants everywhere. Because all the guys just moved out for the summer and left all their food and trash and spilled beers and whatever. So I basically never left my room and I ate fruit and salads and popsicles from my mini fridge for the entire summer. Uh, and it was a problem that just couldn't be fixed. I I didn't know it I really. I got to know the rest of the randoms that were living in the frat, but uh was, not, uh was not an option to try to whip him into shape. So I would say a slightly less terrible example that actually might apply to you that you can learn from is when I lived with 14 roommates my junior and senior year of college in a big house right off the main strip of bars in college town and so we had a chore wheel it was on the fridge every week it moved people were in charge of dishes one week then taking out the trash um it sounds kind of childish but then again so did the guys you're living with so you got to know whose fault it is when the dishes overflow or the kitchen counter never gets wiped up chore wheel it's a tried and true solution and i bet if you outsource the creation of one to your many fans you would get someone to do the wheel work for you and it would be colorful, and cute. So there you go. The commish has spoken. My guest is former football player turned model, reality show contestant, and now the co-host of Barkitecture on Quibi, Tyler Cameron. You likely know him from Hannah B's season of The Bachelorette, uh, which was on in 2019, and she chose the lion, cheating, full of bleep, Jed Wyatt instead of Tyler, but... Since that relationship fell apart, Tyler and Hannah have been spending a lot of time together. So we'll get into that, plus his close encounter with Jennifer Aniston, his relationship with Gigi Hadid, uh, kind of rediscovering his identity when his football career ended, how he's dealing with the recent death of his mom, how he kicked off his modeling career by having to send photos and his boxers to an Instagram stranger, what it's really like to be on The Bachelorette, what the producers make you do, uh, what he really thought of Luke why he was considered a feminist contestant on the show, and a crazy fan who showed up on his doorstep during this quarantine. Yeah, we get into a lot. Uh, He seems like a really fantastic dude. This was a lot of fun, so I think you're going to like this.
1: That's what she said.
0: Super excited to have Tyler Cameron on the podcast. Uh, and I would have to admit from the very start that I messaged a few of the most fervent Bachelor Bachelorette fans from ESPN to get their questions because I knew that people would be uh, dying to chime in. For some reason there is a tremendous ESPN Bachelor crossover and Tyler, I'm, I'm guessing you already know this.
1: Uh, I didn't know that, but I mean, Bachelor is everywhere. Like the fandom is everywhere. So I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah, I was just reading an old interview from a magazine that I hadn't thrown out and it was Jennifer Aniston talking about The Bachelor and I was like, how weird that must be for you guys to know that not only are really 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 famous people watching, but they're watching you like make out and get your heart broken and bone I in ran a windmill. In,
1: I ran into her. Really? And she said she asked me how I was doing and it was I was blown away. I mean, I was walk, I was walking to go to the bathroom at the People's Choice Awards. I looked to my right and an angel was glowing in this hallway. And then all of a sudden as I'm like being as I'm so stuck on this angel walking through, her security almost runs me over. And then I got stuck in the middle of it. And she's like, Oh my god, how are you? And I'm looking at her like, You're asking me how I am? <laughs> and I'm like, uh I just like froze was like I'm good. How are you? She's like, I'm great. I hope you have a great night and kinda like just kept going and and yeah, uh, she was just floating. She disappeared incredible. on a
0: cloud. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure it's just surreal to have those moments. Let's go back before you were uh, you know, someone that Jennifer Aniston would recognize and say hello to. You're just growing up. What kind of kid were you?
1: Uh I mean I was just a kid whose like life kind of, you know, revolved around sports. You know, I played pretty much anything and everything growing up and you know, I was I was you know high school. I played quarterback, played basketball. I was, you know, on the baseball team in high school. Ran, I didn't run track. I threw the discus. uh, Excused to run, Uh, but I mean, my life (laughs) just revolved around sports. And uh, so once, once uh, that was up, you know, I kind of got into construction, and and then all this craziness happened.
0: So you're playing all those sports. You end up at Wake Forest. Um, when you got recruited and when you decided to go there, were there aspirations? I'm always aspirations to be a starter, but the expectation to be a starter?
1: Yeah, you know, I was. Um, so I was playing at Wake. Uh, they, the reason why I chose Wake is because they had a, a junior quarterback when I was coming in and I, I found there was a good space for me to have a you know, chances of three years of starting. And uh, so I really liked that opportunity. And I went there and then, I mean, my coach pretty much, you know, told me after our last game, that kid's senior years, this is your team, Tyler, we were, it's time for you to take over. And then he got fired two weeks later.
0: Oh.
1: And then I went through the whole new coaching staff and, you know, going through a coaching changes can be, you know, very tough for some and very good for others. And for me, it happened to be really tough. And then, uh, so didn't work out with the new staff and I ended up grad transferring out to a different school and ended up moving positions completely.
0: Really? Okay. So tell me about that.
1: So yeah, I went to FAU, uh where I was hoping to play quarterback as well, but they already had a senior QB. And I just wanted to play football at this point. Like I was starting to miss the game so much and like starting to not kind of lose love for it because just you like you love playing the game, you know? And so I thought they could need they need some help in the tight end room. I told my coach about it. They tried me at tight end during camp when I first got there. And, like, the first day I dropped the ball. I was, like, great. I was, like, great. Because like we already had a senior quarterback, so I knew, like, I was, It was like, and he was the captain of the team, so I knew I was going to have a hard time starting. So I was, like, great. I'm going to be the backup quarterback. I'm already dropping passes at tight end. I'm never going to play football ever again. <laughs> and then they just kept plugging me in. And then, then the next day I caught a big pass and broke, like, two people's ankles and ran up the sidelines for, like, 30 yards. I'm, like, okay. And then the next day they tried me blocking. And I, I blocked one of our linebackers up like 20 yards up the field and started a huge fight and they loved it. Cause I brought so much energy and juice to yeah. practice. And then the next day they took away my quarterback Jersey.
0: <laughs> so did you get a chance to play a significant number of minutes senior year at, at, at that tight end position?
1: Yeah. So, so I got to play my junior and senior year as a, as a tight end fullback. Oh, nice. And, and uh, my junior year, I kind of split time with one of the guys and, uh, and then my senior year, I was kind of the lead guy. We, you know, tight ends, you kind of have kind of like the running back position. You kind of have multiple guys who can do different things. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great, it was a great opportunity. I had a great time with it. And I love playing tight end fullback because you just got to play ball and talk crap.
0: I love the, uh, the background noises from the frat house that you're in. <laughs> uh, it's like for anyone listening to this, it's like, 1pm too. It's not like we're recording this at peak party (laughs) hours. Although I suppose if you're in your twenties in a house full of dudes, it's like every night, every time of day could be peak party hours.
1: Exactly. They're they're actually in the, uh, two, the two o'clock workouts that we do on iTunes right now. So, so they're, it's either, (laughs) They're yelling of joy or a lot of pain. So.
0: Right, right. Mid, mid burpee. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So at this point, you're you're finally getting a chance to really show your skill, albeit at a different position. Um, and are you thinking you're going to go on to the next level and play pro?
1: Um, I mean, my junior year, I played uh, fullback, tight end, like 215 pounds, and I was just getting mashed on by people when I was blocking them. But I was a big effort guy, and I had a, I had probably, I think, 25 catches my junior year. And my coach told me, like, this is, like, a legitimate – there's a legitimate opportunity for you to play at the next level. So then that next year I really took it serious, put on a bunch of weight, and gave it a real shot and tried, you know. And then uh, I was with the Ravens. Uh, they called me, brought me in for rookie mini camp, and they cut me at the end of it. I, I had a great camp, too. I thought I was going to continue. And then they called me back, like, two weeks later, brought me back out, put me through the whole workout. And then uh, they – they made me do like a physical and all that. And I said I had some problems with my shoulders in the past, which I should have never done because <laughs> then they then they went and made me get MRIs on my shoulders. And then they, they saw how nicked up they were. They're like, ah, it's too much of a liability for us to have. So they yeah. cut me again. Oh. And then I gave it another six months of training and put on even more weight. I got to like 250 pounds and then played this thing called the spring league. And then the uh, the first play of the last game in the spring league, I blew out my good shoulder. Mm. So I was like, all right, I'm done.
0: That stinks. That's so. I mean, I, I, how tall are you? You seem like you'd be, you'd be tall for a fullback, but reasonably, like pretty, pretty good for a tight end.
1: I was, yeah, I was tall for a fullback, kind of short for a tight end. I was like that's six three, six two and a half. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, A tweener. I was a tweener, yeah, and so I'd be like your H back in, in today's game. Right. But uh but I was trying to carry two hundred and fifty pounds and then I'd be next to a guy who was like six foot six carrying two hundred and fifty right. pounds.
0: Right. And he was and he and looked you know, like a, a next gazelle. To Bronc and Kelsey. <laughs> All exactly. of a sudden like things they. look a little different. Yeah. They
1: look like gazelles, I look like a meatball, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so it's the end of your dreams of playing football and your athletic career, which is tough for all of us regardless of exactly what level it ends. If you spent your whole life working at it, you're kind of thinking to yourself, What's my identity as a person and who am I going forward? But at this point, you had already done a little dabbling in modeling, right? Or did this come after football I did?
1: That was after football I did. So yeah, I mean that was that was something I had a very difficult time with dealing with. I was kinda of got depressed for a while because yeah. with uh without football I didn't know who I was or what I was, you know? And so, uh, put me in a tough spot and, uh, I kind of was able to bounce back and started, I pushed myself to go finish grad school, did that. And that kind of gave me the confidence that if I really just put my mind to things, I can start doing whatever I want to do. Is I, that. Great. I, yeah, I got my, I got my master's in business and then I went and, uh, sat down for my general contractor's license and did that. So I was like, if I just work hard, do it, I can get to whatever I want to do. I don't need football to identify as something.
0: So you're thinking you're going to be, uh, did you have family members or friends in contracting or what inspired you to go that route?
1: Yeah, my dad's a, a, a GC. My mom always helped him out and my mom works in real estate. So it's always been like the, the family business.
0: Got it. Okay. So you're you're presumably walking around in uh, tank tops, you know, tan from being outdoors doing construction <laughs> and this is how the modeling thing happens. How do we go from contractor school to to modeling?
1: Uh, yes. That's a funny story too. Um, so there's this guy, Hochi, and, uh, he's a, he's a guy who became a good friend of mine and someone who I'm very thankful for in my life. But he, like, was always commenting on my posts. I'm like, who is this guy? And then I, I, like, looked on his profile and he, he had messaged me or, or I don't know what it was, but his, his thing was all about, like, casting and finding people for stuff like that. And he's producer for shows and stuff. And he was like, you need to, uh, so have you ever done modeling? I was like, no. I was, has he ever thought about it? I was like, no. He's like, well, he's like, send me a digitals and and I'll see what we can do. I was like, what's a digital? And so he sent me digitals and I get these pictures back. I'm like, it's it's a guy, in, it's a guy in boxers. I'm like, I'm going to send some stranger a picture of me in boxers. And so I was like, oh man, am I really going to do this? And so, but like, I was just like, so I called my buddy, Mike, and we were talking about it. <laughs> and then me and Mike. Uh, took, took pictures of, uh, on his nice camera and in my mom's bathroom imitating the digitals he sent. (laughs) And they're so bad. They're so embarrassing. I cannot let any of these pictures ever get out. My friends know they can't let them get out. But so I was like, you know what? What's the worst thing this guy's going to do with my pictures? You know, so I sent it to him. Uh, and he actually sent it to like the top modeling uh, agencies down here in Miami. I amazed all them, like, signed with the one I thought was the best. And then he connected with me someone in New York, and then that's who kind of pretty much has been my – you know, my lead agent ever since. And so I'm very grateful for Ho Chi and sending him pictures randomly.
0: <laughs> Please tell me that the uh, the digitals he sent you were not him in his bathroom. No, no it no. was uh, there professional were, modeling. They were, were
1: professional models.
0: <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't find any right now. So I'll just act out exactly. for you what I'm looking for. You're and, like, And, eh.
1: and, and Ho, Chi, Ho Chi used to work as an agent in the modeling industry. So he had all the connections for people. So it was just cool. a weird, you know, way of connecting with somebody. And now I hope you. Somebody I talk to all the time about ideas and plans and whatnot. So,
0: so obviously, you know, this wasn't like news to you that you're an attractive human being. But there's a big difference between walking around in the world and having you know girls flirt with you or, or guys, uh, and then actually trying to put it into a modeling career. Did you enjoy that? Was it fun for you? Because it seems pretty tedious when you're actually just like standing in a position for hours doing something yeah. for you know a picture
1: it's definitely it's definitely a new challenge for sure um also like i don't know again it kind of gave me a goal too because I, I was trying to lose my football weight i was 250 pounds you know a few months prior to this and i was down to like 230 i was like, okay this is gonna help me get down to like an even healthier weight so i kind of use it as like a goal and then uh once i got to where i was and they set me up with some photographers and stuff like that i was like oh you know this could be something you know i could do and, I, and I was hoping that it would be something that would provide me with opportunities to travel and see the world and meet different people. But what became my favorite thing about modeling was it's just the people you meet. Like you it's grew I grew up in a, in a small I grew up in a town of Jupiter where it's everything's everyone's kinda of the same. You know, it's very I don't know, just typical suburbia, you know, America. And this put me with people that are from all different walks of life and it really just opened my mind to so many things and really Made me appreciate every, you know, every person that I've, you know, come in contact with even more because they all have these different stories, and these different struggles and all these things and modeling and fashion is kind of one thing that brought everyone together as one. And I just you meet so many incredible people that way. So that's kind of why I really enjoy modeling for the most
0: yeah well also you're like the uh, the success story for every Instagram person that thinks that now they're going to get discovered <laughs> like this is probably bad news because we've got enough people already thinking that they're a future model based on some uh, at home posts uh, taking a shot of themselves in their mirror exactly
1: exactly <laughs> if, people, uh, if people saw the original pictures oh my gosh those have to be those are thrown away in a, in a safe forever <laughs> that's what she said At
0: AutoZone, they're all about giving you more choices to help you get what you need and get it fast. If you need something for a job that has to get done today, just order on AutoZone.com and choose free same-day pickup. If you need to pick up your order in the store at more than 5,700 locations nationwide, or if you prefer, you can have it brought out to you with their curbside option. Your choice. AutoZone also offers next-day delivery. Just order what you need on AutoZone.com by 10 p.m., and they'll bring it to your front door the next day. It's great for those jobs that can wait until tomorrow. That's how AutoZone helps you get your job done easier. Restrictions and details at AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. So how do you end up getting uh, either cast for, found for The Bachelorette, or did you submit yourself?
1: All right, so here's another you know, interesting story. Um, I was sitting home. Uh, uh starting for my G C test or my MBA I wanted to I was taking a break from it and I uh was like just going through stuff on my phone and I saw something for it. So I started writing like funny things into the descriptions and all that and sent probably the most ridiculous picture of myself but like screenshot it and sent it to my buddies first. They're like, dude Tyler, you gotta send that. I was like mm-hmm. I was like I was like, I don't know man. They're like, dude just do it. Who cares? So I sent it in and then they hit me up like a week later, they're like, can you send us 10 photos and like videos of yourself, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll get to it. Two weeks go by, I never did it, didn't really care. And then they're like, we really need these videos, can you please do it? I was like, yeah, yeah. Didn't do it again. A week goes by, like, just, just, just Skype us. I was like, I can Skype you, that's, I can figure that one out. Still couldn't even really figure that one out because I couldn't figure out how to do my computer to work. And then I had to do it on my phone, and I couldn't even see myself on my phone. I messed it up somehow. So I didn't know if I had boogers up my nose or what was going on, but it looked ridiculous. But hey, they called me back, and I guess things just kept rolling.
0: You, you played hard to get somehow, even in the audition part of the show.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you were
0: like, uh, you know how this works. Um I, I'm curious, like, had you watched the show a bunch before that?
1: Uh, I watched, I've only watched a few episodes of uh JoJo's season. She was like three bachelorettes or two bachelorettes ago. I, I don't know. When I was dating my ex, we, her family would watch it. So I'd sit there and watch it. They had a Jupiter kid on there. So that's about all the extent I knew to it.
0: So you sort of knew what was coming, but maybe not exactly
1: how crazy it would be. No, um, not, at all, not at all.
0: What was the most surprising part of the process of doing it?
1: Um, the most surprising part of the process is, well, one, traveling. I never got to travel like that ever before in my life. So that was, that was incredible. Um, and then just, I don't know, the world has kind of thrown me. I never thought I was going to be as big as it was. I thought I was just going to kind of go back to doing my own thing, you know, but it's created so many opportunities. I've gotten to do so many cool things with my family. I got to take my brother to Paris, take my, you know, do trips with my dad in New York and, and, my mom. I brought my mom to the People's Choice Awards. Like I never thought for a second I'd go to the People's Choice Awards. I'm just a broke jock from Florida, you know.
0: <laughs> You're on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. things I'm just keep going you. up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so,
0: um, what do people need to know about the filming that they don't like? What would surprise us about whether it's the hours or your relationship with the people behind the camera or what? 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 what, yeah. what don't we know?
1: The hours, you know, the hours become incredibly long. Um, but I, I guess what you don't like, you, you kind of build relationships with everyone. Like the producers, they kind of become people that you, you know, become your family in a sense, you know, like, cause you're all stuck in this together. Y'all going through a lot together. Um, for me, it was like 10 weeks of therapy. I've never really <laughs> opened up that much or talked that much about my feelings to anyone or anyone, but you literally have no choice. Like you're just there talking and talking and talking, you know. So it was a, it was a great way for me to open up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly involves a lot more opening up than most relationships do, especially early on. You can make it several months of just dicking around without like fully telling people about the worst trauma that's ever happened to you and whether you want to have five kids within exactly. the first like two dates.
1: No, I mean it's it's literally you just got to throw all your cards like when in terms of dating, it's literally throw all your cards on the table and see if yours align and if it works or not. If not, you don't stand a chance of like really getting to know that person in the amount of time you have.
0: Did you feel manipulated a lot? Because a lot of the stories about it are, you know, they send them bungee jumping because it's like being at war together. Like you bond with someone because your adrenaline is so high and then you, they, they become like connected to you in a way that normally wouldn't. And the way that they, like you said, the hour, sometimes they'll get people doing interviews and it's 3 a.m. after you started taping it, you know, noon and they're a little delirious. <laughs> yeah. Like at times did you feel manipulated or did you feel like you were still in control most of the time?
1: Uh, I thought I was always in control as one. Well thing I never did anything I didn't want to do, you know. I I hate when people I think when people say like, oh, it was the producer, it was a producer. I think a lot of that's a cop out, you know. Like you're your own man, you're your own person, you make your own decisions. So I always there's a, there's a thing I always I say and believe in. I, I any time any day I always say be where your feet are, you know. Like no, be where your feet are, know what you're doing, and like on that show, like be where your feet are. Like remember, like this is. A show. Like, you do have family back home. He's, like you. You know, like <laughs> like you. You don't need like like. There's so many things. Like sometimes they offer, like, hey, Tyler, would you want to go do this? I was like, nah, I don't think that's a good look. And then someone else would go do it. I'm like, thank God I didn't do that. You know,
0: <laughs> on the show or afterwards.
1: On the show. Like what? You know? uh, I mean, I don't know. Just countless things. Like even I don't know. Just like trying to get you know ways to get hands of attention or you know to do something funny in front of the whole crew. And now I was like, I don't know about all that. And then someone else would go do it. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I didn't do that one.
0: <laughs> so they would occasionally be like, "Hey, um, you know what would be cool is if you showed up dressed like a chicken." And you were like, "No, I'm good. I was just going to introduce myself." We're like, "Hey, on this hey, date, exactly. you should take your pants off and see if she's interested." Like, they yeah, would suggest like things, that to you guys.
1: Things like that stuff has happened. You know what I mean? And like, like they're like, like for instance, they suggested me wearing my uh, kilt to the date or whatever. Uh, to the, the night portion of the day. But I was like, you know what? I can make that fun. I was like, I'll run with it. You know what I mean? Right. But then there, like, there was like, you know, one time they were like, hey, let's go get, let's go get her some flowers. Like, yeah, we should go get her some flowers. Like, that works. Let's go do it. You know? Right. And so, like, you want to get, like, you know, I got to do the stuff I wanted to do. But if there was stuff I didn't want to do, I had no problem saying no
0: which seems very important because sometimes i'm like watching and i'm like i can't believe they let them convince you to do that because you know it's the producers and it's it's over the top or it's like just a little bit a little bit much and exactly i feel like that'd be the other really tough part about it is making sure that they think that they're getting the real you and not yeah. whatever version either the producers crafted or whatever version you want everyone at home to think you are how much time do you think you can spend with someone on the show that is free enough that it doesn't feel like a part of the construct.
1: Well, I feel like, so like a lot of times, like you'd be on the show, like, you'd like you be filming and stuff like that. And then like the filming would end and like, you just have like some dead time and you'd be on a date. And then you'd kind of go like, I would go over there and talk to her and be like, just kind of be like, okay, this is real. There is like, we actually do want to sit next to each other right now, even though those camera's not rolling or talk to each other, you know? And so yeah. like, that's kind of where you would like kind of find your, you know, like find the realness and kind of run things out. And like, I was like, okay, that's real. You know,
0: what stuff gets edited out that you wish was in?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I watch a lot of my stuff. And I'm like, Oh God, did I really just say that? So <laughs> they put a lot of stuff in that I'm wishing they wouldn't know, uh, but no, it was good. But, um, I don't know. Some of like the stuff of me acting goofy and like, you know, it's kind of goofing around because like, that's, you know, I feel like a lot of that didn't get to show on the show. Some of it did, you know, like in the bloopers here and there. And that's a big part of who I am is I like to have fun. I like to goof around and and whatnot. So um, I wish they would have showed more of that side of me.
0: Yeah, I could see that for sure. I also feel like whoever the either bachelor or bachelorette is, they try to make them as likable to as many people as possible. So they yeah. keep them pretty, like, Kind of vanilla, stereotypically like pleasing. And then sometimes you'll see them after the fact on other shows and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that person's actually like funny and normal.
1: There's and so much not... more to it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, it's tough, I'm sure. Although it does also mean that they make you look as good as possible all the time, which is nice. Which <laughs> you know? sometimes
1: we, we really need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Every once in a while.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, so, how much time in hours? I know this is a total guess. Do you think you actually spent with Hannah? Did you feel like the amount of time you spent with her was actually enough to know whether you wanted to propose and and be with this person?
1: Um. So the amount of time hours spent, we spent. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to sit there and really try and count up the, the hours and see what it was, you know. But you definitely like are put in these crazy situations to kind of help grow your relationship, and you kind of. Push yourself a lot, you know. And um, I think, you know, at the end, like I was ready to make that commitment to her, you know, because I was, I was, I wanted to see where that could go, you know.
0: Yeah, there's so much conversation around like the people in the house not messing with everybody else and being focused on the person they're supposed to be there for. But you're inevitably spending a whole lot of time with the other people, and like you, it you was
1: spend more time with the other people that you do yeah. For.
0: Yeah, which is why it would never work if you, for, like they tried to do it in another country for, uh, LGBTQ people and I was like, that's never gonna work. They're just gonna bone everyone in the house while they're waiting <laughs> for their dates with the main person. Like it's just not possible.
1: <laughs> that um, could be problematic. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, um, but I'm curious, like, because obviously people watching at home only get the edits. And so even though I'm sure they were trying to make us remotely like Jed, I thought Jed was a tool from the beginning who was there for his music career and yeah. seemed like he was gonna be a liar and a dude and I mean maybe he wasn't maybe it just didn't work out between them but that sure seems like what happened so when you get down to those final couple and you're looking around and you presumably are in love with Hannah are you looking at people like Jed and being like what the hell like what what's happening so, here
1: so well that's what I was thinking with Luke oh um, wow well, yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 the thing I, I, I in that house Jed was a great friend to a lot of us you know what I mean now um, with when it got down to me, Peter and Jed, I lo- I looked, I was like, cause like we're like, I wanted to be me, of course, the guy she's with, but she has to pick between one of us. And when it got down to us three, I go, well, no matter what, she's gonna be with a great guy. Is what got I thought, cause, cause we all built great relationships with each other within that house. And so I was like, you know what, she's in good hands no matter what. And then that's when all this stuff happened with Jed. It was really upsetting to see. Um, cause I was someone who I maintained, you know, talking to him and then all that stuff came out and then I just kind of was really disappointed because he had opportunities to make that right and he right. didn't. Yeah. And, and so, and to come on there for your show and he even said he did at first and then to come on and then have a girlfriend and not handle business, you know what I mean? It's like, right. it's upsetting and it, it puts everyone in a bad spot. And so I, you know, just, just, you know, it sucks when it when it, ha- when it happens like that, but I guess that's you know what part of the craziness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He did kind of try to pull a good switch on that where he's like, I was here for my career, but now I really love you. It was like every movie where it's like, well, I pretended to be this, but now I actually, and she bought it, which I was, I was, uh, I just
1: watched, I just watched failure to launch and same thing. Yes. <laughs> totally.
0: Or like how to lose a guy in 10 days. No, it yeah. was a campaign, but now I really love you. Like but, he was yeah. pulling all the moves from the movies.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely, um, it's tough to see and sucks and but i think if if anyone who came out of this a winner I think is hannah because it just shot to show how strong she was yeah as, as she is and she came out stronger and and I, like she's gonna benefit from all this and, and she doesn't need nobody and i think she was, has grown to learn that
0: yeah she was a badass bachelorette i mean she was she handled her shit well and then Uh, And honestly, you came out looking great, too, particularly when it comes to some of the fantasy suite stuff. I mean, there were like articles all over Tyler Cameron, America's Feminist. Like it was Tyler Cameron shows America what consent is like. It was all about sort of the way you handled yourself. Did you know going into the show? Obviously, the fantasy suite. Everybody knows it's coming. (laughs) What's going on over there? we've we've we've, uh, the the workouts have have grown even more spirited.
1: (laughs) You can hear him, I I didn't even hear him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, did you know going into the show there's going to be a fantasy suite, and no matter what I'm feeling about this person, this is how I want to handle it?
1: Um, no, I I mean, of course, I knew there was a fantasy suite that was going to happen. Um, uh, but when it came down to that, it was you know, it was just kind of about whatever. I don't know, to me, what blows my mind is what everything I did, you know had articles written about it and this and that, but I'm not doing anything that that's out, you know, outlandish or like, like it's very simple things it's about respect and no is no. And how a guy should be, you know, treating somebody. And, and if she doesn't feel comfortable with that situation, then you don't let her feel uncomfortable. You, you, you take what she says and you go with it. And that's just how it is, you know? And so, I mean, all I was doing was sticking up for her and just, you know, being respectful for what her wishes were. And, keep staying true to those wishes and and the response was you know was incredible but it's kind of scares me in the sense that like a lot of people deal with the adverse side of that and and deal with you know so i hope that's something we can work on and change as a culture
0: yeah you're right i mean it should not be something that everyone's like wow what a great guy it should just be like this is how everyone should behave this is
1: Uh, yeah, yeah it should it should just be normal it should be normal news you know or normal you know
0: right
1: i don't know it shouldn't be news but the fact that it had to become news means that we have a lot of work to do.
0: What did you make of Hannah being so open about her windmill activities? Obviously, Luke wasn't a fan, but uh, we didn't <laughs> we didn't hear as much from you about whether that that bothered you or you thought it was you know her deal to to share or not share.
1: No, no, I, I uh, didn't didn't bother me one bit. Uh, in our fancy suites su- prior, I told her that whatever you do with any other guys, I really don't care it's not my business uh, there's a saying that I truly live my life by and believe in it says please don't judge me because if you judge me you can get ugly before it gets beautiful hmm. and so who am I to judge her for trying to figure things out you know so I and, and I told her that I was like do whatever you want to do so whether it was four times five times whatever it is you know like so I, I mean I thought for her it was a way for her to kind of be empowering because she was able to stand up for herself and and kind of since the show is already making a huge thing about it, she was able to just kind of put her name on it. Like, yeah, I did that. She just still loves me and I'm a bad mofo.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So the show ends, you believe that you weren't chosen and you get to after the, the final rose. At that point, were you already in touch with her a lot about the fact that things with Jed hadn't worked out? Did you have any idea she was going to ask you out that night? How did that uh, go down?
1: Uh, we spoke once prior. Um she reached out to me and we uh we talked. Actually I was coming back from the keys and we talked and and that was kind of it. And then right you know, I kinda of heard prior to that, you know, we were gonna that she probably asked me and and then uh you know, of course I wanted just to see her and talk and and kind of see how, you know, we haven't spoke. I mean, it was inevitable that we're going to see each other and and get dinner one time after going through what we went through. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm going to say yes to getting a drink and hanging out. Like, it's inevitable we were going to do that because we, people that care for each other still.
0: So you were in the running to be the next Bachelor, and you ultimately turned it down. Was that more about maybe what might happen with Hannah? Was that more about, I believe you were dating Gigi Hadid at the time. What was uh, what prevented us from getting Tyler the Bachelor?
1: I think it was a little mix of uh, you know, I was seeing somebody a little bit, and then uh, I think too, just my heart wasn't in it. Um, you know, my dad kind of just was back in the hospital during the times that they were talking to me about it, and so I just felt like, you know what, I don't need to do it right now. This is not where my heart's at. Like I want to. I need to be around my family, around, you know, in case something does happen. And so I just felt, you know, I didn't feel like it was the right timing for me and just wasn't, my heart wasn't in. And that's something that you have to be fully invested in and, and give it your all or else, you know, it's just not, it's a lot of work to, to not like being elite is tough on that. And if you're not 100% ready for it or in for it, you're not going to, you're not going to like it at all.
0: Well, you kind of tiptoed around the Gigi Hadid thing. I'm curious. How does that happen? Like, cause, okay, we've seen it before, like Sarah Hyland from Modern Families engaged to, to Wells from the Bachelor, uh, franchise. Um, is it just a sliding into the DMs thing? Is it just like the Instagram? Did she ask you to send over some digitals and see if she, you know, <laughs> what, what, what happened there?
1: Uh, I can not be telling you all my secrets. <laughs>
0: All right. You could plead the fifth on that one. I'm just always curious about if you're just a hot, famous person and then you see another hot, famous person, if you actually have to run into each other in the real world or if you just shoot your shot from afar and see what happens.
1: I think it kind of happens like any other people happen, to be honest.
0: All right. I'll, I'll yeah. allow it. I'll allow it. I, 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 if you're allowed to have some, some personal life. Not much yeah. anymore, but just a little bit. Um, yeah. speaking of that, uh, how, what is the hardest part about being in the public eye? Cause I'll say for people like in my industry, you sort of work your way up, right? So you're a lower level local reporter and you get some shit talked about you and people are mean, but you know, some people are nice and then you work your way up. Whereas for something like a reality show or someone going viral, you snap your fingers and you go from totally normal to everybody. Yeah, what's that feel like?
1: Um, I mean, it's it has its you know perks and it's you know great things about it. it also has negative things about it. Um, I'm very thankful. Uh, you know, I got to see and do so many amazing things, and um, just it's been a true blessing. Um, got to you know take care of my brothers and all that. Um, but also, you know, there's some times where it's tough and you deal with stuff and, you know, your, your dating life is everyone's business, or at least they think it is, you know? And so it's just like, you get scrutinized for, you know, you walking out of the house, you know? Right. And so, and so it's just like, you know, it's definitely like you kind of learn how to navigate and you kind of get thicker skin and you, you know, you just, you know, I'm still learning as I go, you know, it's stuff I'm still struggling and learning to deal with, you know, and, and stuff I still enjoy and love doing. So, um, you know, I couldn't be more thankful or happy to be in the position I'm in, but uh, it's uh, just different.
0: What's the weirdest fan letter or message or uh, DM sliding that you've gotten?
1: Well, I just had a fan show up at my house.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah, they flew from, <laughs> they, they flew from Hawaii.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Like during the quarantine time?
1: Yeah, they thought they were moving in. They they brought they they brought a suitcase and and their dog. What? What? So
0: that was
1: that was the wildest. Dog? That was the wildest thing that has happened so far.
0: Okay, so uh, is there a restraining order at this point?
1: Um, we, we we ended up having yeah had had to get her out of there. We didn't put a restraining uh-huh. order on her like that. You know, I, I don't think she, you know we were able to, you know, at the time, kind of laugh it off because she was harmless. She was a, just a nice lady. You know, um, but it could have been someone that was, you know, could have been dangerous, could have been something way more. So it's, you know, it it was definitely it was very eye opening and kind of made us really think about what we were doing and how we were doing it. Yeah. And so uh, if if someone were able to just pull up and show up at my house, you know, so it definitely kind of shook us a little bit.
0: Was that from like TikTok or something they could pinpoint it or you weren't being careful about your address?
1: Well, well. Yeah, well, paparazzi were here or taking photos outside of our house. Oh, okay. And uh, and then that kind of went viral, and then um, and then people started doing drive-bys and started doing TikToks about our place, and then and then it just escalated to that someone showing up here.
0: Yeah, man, that's scary though. I mean, you're lucky you got a nice, well-meaning person. Although to be to be as gentle as possible if you show up with a dog and a suitcase and fly during a global pandemic probably things aren't all together right yeah
1: exactly right. so so it's it's sad on her you know on her and I hope she gets the help she needs and yeah. but it definitely you know it it kind of was eye opening for all of us you know we learned from that situation and uh, you know I hope she's you know is okay
0: so uh what's the coolest thing that you've gotten to done to do, I know you talked about the the People's Choice Awards. I know you were on an episode of Single Parents with uh, Taryn Killam, who I love, such a good dude. Um, and you know you've gotten to travel a bunch. You're now best friends with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, what's uh what's been like the coolest?
1: Uh, well, I, got, I just got to spend like two months in LA, and I shot uh, a new show called Barkitecture that comes out May 11th, and that was a really cool experience. Um, I got to you know, kind of do what you do, Sarah, and, and be a host of something. That's hard. I give you a lot of credit. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that was a huge learning uh, lesson. You know, there was a, by the end of the show, I felt so much better about what I was doing from the beginning, of course. And, uh, but I'm really excited for, it. I've seen some of the episodes already. So that's, you know, probably one of the coolest things I've done since the show.
0: All right. Tell me about architecture. It clearly involves dogs. Uh, are yep. dogs making blueprints? Uh, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, so we are we are building dog houses, like these ridiculous dog yes. houses for uh, celebrities throughout LA. Um, you know, we have some really cool people we did it for. Um, it's just, I mean, these dog houses are so over the top. I mean, they're bigger than, some of them are bigger than the first apartment I lived in in New York. So it's it's really cool.
0: Um, who's your co-host?
1: Uh, my co-host is, is a lady named Delia Kenza. She is a, a girl who also lives in New York. Um, they thought they flew us both out there and she is so cool. Like it was such a blessing for her to join us on this show, like, and be part of it. Like our, the, the producers found her just through her Instagram. She had like, you know, like dark followers and they she was just in the rabbit hole of interior design and loved her style called her. And this, this, Person Delia is such a bubble of energy. And once she called her, she's like, "Oh, this girl's going to be so great." And then we met, and she was so awesome, and she's become like my best friend ever since.
0: Another Instagram success story. I feel like I, I need to really start curating a little better. I'm like, my dog sleeping. Here's me with no makeup, like doing a whatever. <laughs> I I feel like, yeah, I need to I need to get on this. I mean, I guess I don't really need to be discovered at this point unless I. Unless I want to make it a, I think,
1: a, a big I think career we're change, You're well. yeah. doing pretty well. Sir.
0: Um, so tell me about Bachelor in Paradise. Is there any chance this is in the on the horizon for you?
1: Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. as As of right now, I don't think Bachelor Paradise is happening.
0: I don't know. I, I was gonna say it might not be on the horizon for anyone at this. Point. Exactly,
1: I I think, it's good
0: social distancing, I guess, but you'd have to quarantine for a couple weeks before you got on that weird island.
1: Yeah, so no, I don't know if that's uh, in the cards for me. I think, um, you know, my, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll never say never to anything, but as of right now, there's other things I want to try and do first and go after before something like that.
0: What about your bromance with Andy Cohen? It feels like this is just, I mean, you, you asked him to be your Valentine, uh, <laughs> shown up in a lot of the same places. Is there, is there a partnership in the future? And Andy he's my guy.
1: I would love to do some stuff with Andy. He's, I, I just find him, you know, just so much energy, so much fun. Uh, you know, he's a New York guy, so I, I run into him at a couple of events here and there, and he's just – he's awesome. So I'd love to do more stuff with Andy. I'm a big fan of him.
0: Did you just meet him from Watch What Happens Live?
1: Yeah, I met him. They said, you know, they're like, uh, you know, uh, Andy Cohen, they want you to, you know, be the bar bartender on Watch What Happens Live. I was like, I don't even know what that is. I told my my mom about Andy Cohen. She said, oh, my God, it's Andy. I was like, you got to do that. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, he's so awesome. Man. I mean, he's just – he makes you feel comfortable on set. And so that was like my first time doing it like that. And he, he's great.
0: Yeah. He, um, he's um he been a part of your sort of like crew that you've been around in the last couple months. But the other big crew is of course the quarantine crew. Yeah. Most of which is still intact at the house. Now, are these people you were already living with when this all started or is this a conglomeration of people that decided to all hang together?
1: Yeah. It's more of a conglomeration of people that just started wanting to hang together. So uh my boy matt he lives with me in new york and he was actually out west for getting ready to start shooting the new season of the bachelorette
0: oh really
1: yeah (laughs) so this is
0: the guy that's in like all your photos
1: yeah i was was getting ready to throw him to the wolves wow Uh, yeah but then that canceled so i was like bro don't even go back to new york new york's new york you know is not the spot to be right now come down to florida and stay here so he came down here and then my, our other good buddy, Brown Bear, who's like, you know, our big photo video guy for a lot of the stuff we do ABC food tours. He, I was like, dude, get out of New York and come stay in Florida if you want. So he came and joined us. And I have, you know, my Florida people already down here. So
0: tell me about the ABC food tours thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, ABC food tours is something we, we do with the kids in New York. We, uh, we work with three school districts right now um, one in on the Lower East Side, one in Harlem, and one in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And what we do is we take our kids off fitness and food excursions and just provide them with opportunities to see what the city has to offer them. You know, we get them surrounded by different people from different career paths so they can hopefully grow a liking to that person and maybe what they do as a job so they can, you know, see what else, you know, what other opportunities there are. A lot of our kids, when we ask them what they want to do, they say, I want to be a football player, basketball player, rapper, you know, teacher or a police officer, which honestly was the same thing I wanted to be when I was their age too, but just because I didn't know what else there was. So we try to surround with people who do different things and whatnot and help they gravitate to it.
0: That sounds exactly like something I'm on the board for here in Chicago. It's exact same thing, you know, showing them different stuff around the city they might not be exposed to so that they understand opportunities outside of their small little radius that they grow up in. That's exactly. awesome.
1: I love that. That's so cool. No, that's so much fun. When you're in New York next month, we'll have to get you on one.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that. Or if you're in Chicago, we'll have to, we'll have to set you up. Um, make it work. So I'm curious, I've heard a lot about like the Bachelor universe, right? Once you're in it, you become friends with everyone. You probably hook up with a bunch of people because why not? You're all young and attractive and looking for love. Uh, Is the DM situation just out of control? Like at any given time, is it just stacks on stacks of DMs from any girl that's ever been on the show just trying to give it it her shot?
1: Uh, No, no. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, they kind of wait till you run into each other. So, stagecoach
0: and Coachella and... Yeah. Which,
1: uh, <laughs> but, I don't know. The ba- the dating in the Bachelor world, it's a, an intimidating, daunting task because of the... the You know, because everyone watched that show just for romance and love. All You know, the Bachelor of Paradise, Bachelor, Bachelorette, and if you're to date someone on there, just everyone's so invested and you know what I mean? And it's just, they put so much pressure on everything you do with that person, you know? And so it just makes it very difficult to really see what's. right. I don't know.
0: You, you'd have to almost like hide away for a while to see if you like them. Otherwise they'd exactly. already be in every newspaper, which is what happened with you and Hannah when she was part of the quarantine group. Exactly. It's like people trying to figure out if you were sleeping in the same bed based on the background of a video or like how long she had been there for. Um, I mean, you guys had fun with that. You made it part of your TikToks, but I'm sure it's also frustrating at times.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we were like, you know, either we, you know, we can play into it a little bit, and we did. We had fun with it, you know, but it just definitely creates so much pressure. And they, you know, everyone writes their narrative before you can even write your own, and it's just it makes things difficult. And so that's why, you know, it'll be very challenging to date in that world.
0: Why did Hannah go back home? Did she get sick of you guys not cleaning your house?
1: Probably, uh, <laughs> I can't blame her. Um, but she also wanted to be with her family and needed to be with her family or else she, cause the ride that she had coming down, the, she, the ride she was supposed to come down here with, uh, was going to leave going back. And that's why it ended up being longer because he ended up staying because, uh, like the family he was with is like, you should stay. You don't want to go back up there and drive during this. And then when they went back, it was like, this is our last chance to go back or else we're not going to be able to go back for a while. So she left and went with him. And if not, it could have been a long time here in Jupiter, Florida.
0: I know you said that, uh, you're taking a a small break from TikToks. Uh, this was your sort of Easter proclamation, Um, but I'm sure you're going to get back to them. And at what point is Hannah going to be, you know, a little picking up what you're putting down on these challenges. I feel like somehow, uh, you know, she can't keep up with your challenges.
1: If she can keep up, you know, maybe we'll see off the challenge or something else. maybe. (laughs)
0: Um, Speaking of, of your Easter stuff, I know one of the things you talked about is people kind of staying in contact with their families, taking some of this quarantine time to like settle and and be okay with just being still and, and, and being, you know, connecting to the things that maybe we usually speed through in our everyday lives. What has this been like for you? Obviously you have a bunch of guys and, and friends and you're, you're active on the internet, but like, have you noticed something about yourself? Have you learned something about yourself? Have you discovered a talent you didn't know you had?
1: Um, yeah, no, I'm still talentless, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I mean, it, it's this quarantine kind of, the one thing I do struggle with this quarantine is I'm not able to see much of my family at all. Um, you know, my dad is someone who I, we're kind of keeping, you know, him at bay. If he comes by, he drives by in his truck and I sit in his chair and we sit down and have a talk from like 10 feet away, you know, just because, he's someone with his, uh, you know, health history would be, you know, someone that's really at risk. Um, So then, and so it's, you know, it's, I miss my family that since I'm going to have that time. That's why I tell everybody like, on Twitter, I was like, you know, take the time and love on your family, man. Cause you don't know. Uh, I just lost my mom a month and a half ago and, you know, you never know when, you know, something like that can happen. So that's why I'm always like, you know, take this time and love on your family because, you know, it's, the silver lining in all this for me has been, you know, after my mom's passing is to be stuck here with my little brothers and to love on them and be around them more than I have been in two years, you know? So yeah. very grateful for that through all this.
0: Yeah. I'm so sorry about your mom. Um, she had a, a brain aneurysm out of nowhere. She was just 55. Um, yeah, for you, uh, you know, you're, you're in the spotlight now to the point when something personal like that goes public and. Is it harder for you to sort of mourn and figure out what you need and how to act in this time following her death because you're aware that people are paying attention and watching what you're doing?
1: Um, I I don't know when, when something like this happens, you kind of just throw all of that out the window. You know, you don't, that stuff doesn't really matter or care no more. You handle business the way you have, the way you, it feels natural and organic too, you know? Yeah. Um, we all handle things differently. I, kind of make myself busy. Austin kind of makes himself busy. My other brother, my other brother, Ryan, he kind of, you know, he has his times where, you know, we all struggle differently. So, you know, I, 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 surrounded myself with a bunch of people, you know, people that I love and care about and that loved her and my mom loved them, you know, so that's, that's kind of how we've been able to get through all this.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a couple questions from ESPN uh, in, uh, personalities who are interested in various parts of, uh, of the show and you. Uh, on. Mike, Mike Golick Jr. wants to know. Uh, it's more of a two-part question. What supplements do you take because you're ripped? Also, how hard is it to not eat the food?
1: Uh, <laughs> what's, I don't take. I I I, I don't take anything. I, you know, I, I drink some like I'm drinking like, a Celsius pre-workout drink. I don't know. I don't do anything. I've, back in my football days, I was all about the supplements, all that. And now I'm just like this morning. I had two slices of key lime pie mm-hmm. and. And sandwich, and that was my breakfast.
0: Really? Are you doing that thing where models are like, I eat pizza every day? But No, I,
1: I do. I, I mean, I don't mean, eat pizza every day. I, I mean, there's, I do try to eat healthy, but I don't know. It's just about how hard you work. That's why like, I think I train as hard as I do so I can eat whatever I want to eat. You know, yeah. And I'm sure one day it'll catch up to me.
0: <laughs> uh, Mina Kimes wants to know who the best football player in the history of the Bachelor franchise is.
1: Uh, I think it has to go to. Uh, well, I mean, Jesse Palmer was on the show.
0: hmm Uh,
1: but Clay Harbor was on the show as well, and Clay Harbor had a nine-year NFL career. I don't. How, how long was Jesse Palmer in the league for? Uh,
0: for a while, I think. I think he had a yeah. decent run for sure.
1: I think we're gonna have to go with Jesse on this one for sure.
0: Well, I like, think it's you know he was the star of the show, so that gives you a little bump. He was in for five five seasons. So Clay 5%. Clay was longer,
1: but. I don't know. Maybe we have to get the clay then. You know, if he's a if he's a nine year vet.
0: Yeah, maybe we need to have a uh, another spinoff of The Bachelor, but it's just uh, like those old uh, shows that used to have different sports athletes competing against each other. Uh, I, I'm in it, Herschel Walker. I remember back in the this is well before your time.
1: Um, I talk, I talk hella crap online about it all the time, so I'm ready. <laughs> you're, ready. you're ready. You're ready. You, start you, it. you look you a lot started. more ready
0: than some other people, so <laughs> I think you're in a good spot. You're not that far off of when you used to be uh, when you used to be playing. Uh, Chris Cody from the Levitard show. Wants to know the female celebrity that's reached out to you that was most exciting or surprising.
1: <laughs> Y'all love putting me on the spot. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, all right, because it might—you never know. Things might still be percolating. I would hate for you know us to interrupt the possibility of a love love affair in the future. Um, oh, Mike Golick, Jr. has another one. He said, "Do people really wait until the fantasy suite to have sex?"
1: Uh, uh, I mean, I think there's opportunities before they could definitely, I don't, not always, I think it's happened before the fantasy suit before.
0: Yeah. We've seen a couple of seasons. There was some, uh, there's some beach banging in the water. And then, uh, I remember, I think Caitlin had some, had her way with someone a little earlier. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it feels like you'd have to sneak off to do it or are there times when they just let the people, you know, like the camera people take a break and, and you guys can figure it out.
1: Uh, no, the cameras definitely <laughs> probably ought to be rolling for that. They never take a to, break. <laughs> they need to, those guys don't sleep.
0: Uh, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's it from the ESPN folks. Um, uh, the last thing that you have to do is the thing that everybody does, but nobody expects.
1: Didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.
0: It's the Spanish Inquisition. Question number one. What's your desert island album? You can only have one.
1: Uh, the Drake Take Care album.
0: Okay. Number two, what habit or quality do you think has contributed most to your success? Discipline. Mm, nice. Uh, number three, what would you consider your biggest failure?
1: My biggest failure. Oh, where can we start? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess my biggest failure would be, uh, my football career. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: No, I mean, it does sometimes feel like that even if you have a lot of success. Like No,
1: if you don't meet Charles ultimate goal, but it's all about the journey. You know, I had a great run and it was fun, but, you know, would love to cash a few of those NFL checks.
0: No kidding. Uh, number four, have you ever been in a fist fight?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Many of them?
1: Yeah, you can look at my, my first 30 seconds of varsity basketball. I started a brawl.
0: Oh, <laughs> It's like on YouTube or something.
1: It, there's an article out there somewhere. But yeah, I uh, I was so, so jacked up and excited to play my first varsity basketball game. I had missed the first two weeks. I was a sophomore and we were playing. We were like the number five team in the county, playing the number four team in the county. And uh, my first 30 seconds, I'm in. There's a tip ball. The ball goes up in the air. They get it, going for a fast break to dunk, and I just come in. I'm going for the ball, but I come in flying, <laughs> and and, the, and and then their guy. Once I am, he went to through the roof or not through the roof through the uh, through the pads and the wall, and then I turn around. Their best player comes up to me and just starts swinging. So Uh-oh. we start so we start <laughs> fighting, and then like the stadium's coming onto the crowds coming onto the floor. My coaches are tackling me like, and then so I got escorted back you know to the locker room. And then I'm back there with like two of my other teammates and they were like guys that were on the bench and they're like back there crying. And I had this big ass smile on my face. <laughs> and my dad, my, my dad walks in and he looks at the guys he's like, like you know, these guys were like on the bench, you know, bench warmers. He's like, why are y'all crying? He's like, y'all just made the newspaper finally. <laughs> and my, and my, my dad sees me and gives me a big high five. And
0: Oh, no, and, we're encouraging yeah. violence. Did you get suspended?
1: I got suspended for like six weeks. But way to go! Like, you
0: were so excited to get in there, and then you I immediately know. removed yourself.
1: <laughs> I know, but but like my dad like loved it because like I'm just such, like such a high, like I've always been like a high energy, very physical person and player, and so that's kind of like what took place there. And I wasn't doing anything; that was out of the. World. I was protecting myself, you know, and uh, but it's just like something we can like laugh about and look back on, and then. I guess I kind of earned my stripes because I became a starter after that. So Oh,
0: nice. There you go. Yeah. When you got back from suspension, my, of course. Yeah. I,
1: I, I earned the nickname Bam Bam.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. After that, yeah. Okay. So. Good. Um, number five, if you could switch lives with anyone for one day, who would it be?
1: Oh, man. LeBron James. Mm, that's a yeah. good one. My dream job is playing point guard for the Lakers.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: number six, what's the most embarrassed you've ever been?
1: Mm, most embarrassed I've ever been. Oh, man. I don't know. There's, I, there's countless things that I've done that are embarrassing. I don't know. I don't know if there's one that's most, most embarrassing. I can't think of it. To, I'm going to think about that one. I'll come back to you.
0: Okay. Uh, number seven, what's the thing about yourself you'd most like to improve?
1: Uh, think about myself. The most I mostly like to improve. I like to get more organized. I'm,
0: okay.
1: I lack organization, as you can tell, around my house here. So uh,
0: disciplined, but not organized.
1: Yeah, I'm disciplined. I'm like, I, I'm all. I'm very time oriented. I gotta be places at certain times. I gotta get stuff done. But when it comes to being organized, man, all that's out the window.
0: <laughs> uh, number eight. If you could be commissioner of life for a day, what one rule would you enforce that all of society would have to adhere to?
1: I don't know. I hate all the the negativity and hate people have for each other just because they're different than you.
0: Yeah. That's a great one. Um, number nine, what's the most scared you've ever been?
1: Most scared I've ever been. Um, all right. So I thought I almost flipped our boat in the intercoastal one night. That was probably one of the most scared I've ever been. My dad was driving the boat and we got, we got hit by a wave on our side and that's like the worst place to take one in the inlet when it's rough. (sighs) And so the boat completely turned sideways and I was literally hanging on and like looking face into the water. And then the boat flipped back over and we got out in time, but it was ugly. That was probably one of the more scarier moments on the water.
0: For sure. Uh, Number 10, what three words would you most hope people would use to describe you?
1: Uh, Loving, uh, fun and positive.
0: Those are good ones. Uh, Can you think of something you were ever embarrassed by or do we just assume that you don't embarrass easy?
1: Uh, I'm hard to, you know, get embarrassed, uh, cause I just let it all hang out. <laughs> Literally.
0: All right. Well, I was going to say, like most people would say, I don't know, talking about my like sex life on television in front of all my family members, but you seem pretty, yeah. you seem pretty comfortable with that.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty much an open book. So.
0: That's good. It's not a bad quality to have. Uh finally, yeah. who do you recommend that I have on this podcast? Who's someone fun or interesting or cool that I should talk to?
1: In what world? Any anywhere. Any world. Um you should talk to Who do I like listening watching? Well, you should get one of the Tiger King people on here first of all.
0: <laughs> Tiger King is a big thing right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. You should you should uh you should get uh, Matt on here.
0: Your boy, Matt, who's been and, delayed and, from...
1: And, and prep, him, prep him for the show. I mean, you sound, <laughs> like you, you sound like you know what's going on here.
0: I do. I'm, I've unfortunately watched every season except for the one with the terrible Prince Borghese dude who sucked.
1: You sound like you have more. You sound like you know more about the show than I do. So it's I feel possible. like you need to prep him and get him That's right. Impeller.
0: That's embarrassing. You don't have to say that <laughs> uh, for everyone to hear. It's a problem. I know. I'm working on it. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. This was super fun. I really appreciate you playing along and uh being an open book other than, of course, Gigi Hadid, which, you know, I get it's, you know, you got to stay yeah. cool. You can't can't give up all your secrets.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was great. Great doing this with you. I had fun. And uh y'all have a good one. Stay safe. That's what she said.
0: It's time once again for South Bitch Sessions, where I rant about something that bothers me and I fix it. This week. People who assume that your quarantine looks like theirs. I've been working my ass off for the last 40 plus days of shelter in place, podcasts, written stories, pre and post shows for the last dance, talking to people's college and high school classes because they're stuck doing virtual learning and three hours of live national radio every night. Add in all the cooking, cleaning, house stuff that results from never leaving. And I'm pretty overwhelmed most of the time, which, you know, could be worse. I don't have kids thank God. I'm also thankful to have a job and a paycheck still coming. So, you know, no complaints there, but I don't need your guilt trip because you're bored and learning how to make sourdough again. Okay. One day if I snap, it's probably going to be about this, this passive aggressive email thing where someone asks me to do them a favor, come on my podcast, promote my book, help with the project I'm trying to get on the ground. I was thinking about doing this. I've always wanted to do this. And then they nag, did you get my email? Is my email lost? Have you had a chance to read it? Why haven't you read it? Why haven't you responded? Why can't you help me? Now's a better time than any. What with all your free time, you can't say you don't have any time to help me. I saw you were watching a movie or doing an art project or sleeping. You must have time for me. And then when I respond, actually, I'm so sorry. I don't. I am insanely and totally overwhelmed during the week. And then, you know, I'm trying to stay sane on the weekend with some mindless bullshit that I use to relax. I don't really have time to add something to my plate. And then they come back with, Oh, I was just kidding. Oh, you were not kidding. Go make some sourdough and learn some TikTok dances. Okay. I feel good about what we accomplished today. Not everyone's quarantine life is the same. So, you know, respect people's nose there i fixed it if you have a dilemma for the commission to fix you can put it in your review when you go to the podcast app or itunes and tell me how great you think this podcast is put your dilemma in your review and maybe i'll fix it on a future podcast thanks as always for lasting about an hour with me that's what she said